Optimize My Life, the ultimate radio show where we unlock the secrets to living our best lives. Now, before we dive into this exciting journey of self-improvement and empowerment, I want to take a moment to thank our incredible sponsor, The Hope Collection, for making this show possible. Their unwavering commitment to spreading hope and positivity in our lives is truly remarkable. We believe in the power of interaction, so we want you to be a part of this incredible journey. Call in, write to us, or connect on social media. We'd love to hear your questions, experiences, and challenges. Together, we'll create a thriving community of like-minded individuals, supporting each other to thrive and shine. Good afternoon. How are you today? Hi, Mary. I'm good. How are you? I am better now that the heat wave has finally broke. Oh, nice. <laughs> Minnesota has had extreme insane weather the past week. We have been in like the 90s with um, temperatures of, with the heat index being in the hundreds. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, no, and I thought it was bad here because we're at like, I don't know, 85, 90. <laughs> Yeah, this is not normal Minnesota weather, but. That's, well, I'm glad that it broke then. That's going to make just, you know, day-to-day life that much easier. Right. We can actually be outside and exercise. Yeah, that's that's always good because then you can uh, get the benefits of being outside, sometimes in nature, some sunshine, as well as moving your body. So that um, is always good. Before we start today, I have one more announcement to make. Or two more announcements, sorry. So tomorrow evening at 5 Eastern, we are launching a new show about advocacy for child abuse and trafficking. How to see the warning signs, how to get help and highlight families that are looking for loved ones. And next week is 9-11. And as some of you know who follow our show, we always do a week-long tribute and honor to to individuals that were either involved in one form or another, service members, military, whoever, to honor the sacrifices they have made. And we talk about how life changed. And the theme for next week is all about bringing back that kindness, bringing back that selfless act, stopping this cancel culture, being more accepting of individuals and their opinions. So, today, food labels and meal planning, part two. 
Yes. So um, I wanted to definitely dive into some meal planning today um, and go through what that looks like. I um, went on vacation with my brother earlier this summer, and when we went grocery shopping for the week, um, that it was such an experience because he just walks in and buys things, like just kind of makes it up as he goes. And I'm like, you don't know, like, you know, what you're having for breakfast this week or like what we're doing for dinner or anything. There was no pre-planning. Um, so planning for the week ahead, or I mean, there's some people that do it for two weeks or for a month, um, but I tend to do it a week at a time personally it makes it that much easier to budget for your food shopping, right, and stay within where you want to for a food budget, um, as well as balance what you're eating. So it, it does essentially double duty with just one act of making a meal plan. Let's you budget things out. I guess it does even more because it helps to reduce food waste because you can see how your leftovers throughout the week um, and budget, reduce food waste, and make sure that you're getting what you need to be your healthiest, best self. Um, I know for a lot of people that looks like losing weight, but a lot of times it's just about maintaining your energy level. You're just going to feel better and have more energy if you put the right stuff in. Um, so I thought it would be helpful to really, if this is my meal plan that we're using this week for my family, um, and walk through like how I did it. So I always start with, um, dinner. Um, I don't know. So I'm sort of starting at the end of the day and I work my way backwards. So for, um, dinner this week. I start with a very overarching theme, like, okay, what type of stuff do we want to have? Um, hang on. So we have, like, I'm going to do, a, well, I did a fish night, a chicken night, a veggie night, and then last night we did eggs. So we have an egg night as well. So that's only, that's four nights cooking, right? I'm also, I'm not going to cook every night of the week. That's just not going to fit into my life. There are some people that can do it and love it, but I really look at it as like, okay, what's going to be quick, get everybody what they need, and like have as few children cry about it as possible. Because <laughs> uh, that definitely happens. Um, happens every day like in my, my daughter world. Did, yeah, my daughter definitely cried the night we had fish. Um, so, but my son loves it. So like I'm not, and I love it. So it's not going to just not make an appearance, but those are the days where she has a yogurt. Um, or actually, I think she ended up eating tomatoes and rice for dinner. I don't know. She had something. Um, so then knowing, like, those overarching themes, then I can build out, like, what do we want to have with it? Like, I'm not going to just eat fish. That's not enough for a meal, and you just need more variety than that. So typical pairing I did rice with it and then I did broccoli but forgot to get the broccoli I needed to loop back around for it and didn't so we ended up doing some just microwave steam in a bag vegetable blend 
um, so that we still got in a vegetable, even though it's not the one I had planned, right? I've got those quick, easy backups for when everything falls apart. Um, so I get pre-seasoned fish so that I don't have to worry about that piece of it either. And that way, all I have to worry about is cooking it. And um, then I can use leftover fish. We did salmon, and I like to either have it with scrambled eggs for breakfast leftover, or I'll put it, like, on, a, on the top of a salad or in a wrap cold for lunches. So then I can start to fill out what I'm doing for breakfast and lunches because I am starting to see what sort of things I'm going to have as leftovers. Um, same thing with the rice. I made extra because I know that um, when I do my chicken meal, I can pair the rice with the chicken meal um, so that I don't have to make a starch side that night. I've already got it done. I just need to worry about the veggies and the chicken. That also helps guide what I choose for a chicken recipe. I, and actually this is what we're doing tonight. I'll do like a chicken sheet pan meal where I cut up the chicken um, with some pineapple and I think it only calls for peppers, but I'll probably throw some carrots in there too. Um, and then toss it with a little bit of dressing and just bake it on the sheet pan. And we'll pair that with rice. Super simple. Has some flavor to it, right? It doesn't have to be bland. I feel like that's a big misconception. It does not have to be hard. And you don't have to go the total other direction and just, like, eat bland food either. Um, our veggie night, I already know that somebody will cry about it. <laughs> So I may do it on Thursday when they're not here. I might do it tomorrow when they're with their dad and do um, beans and greens. So I typically do, like, kidney beans and kale um, and chickpea pasta. So chickpea pasta is interesting. Um, I like to use it sometimes. <laughs> I can sneak it into my children because it's a little bit higher in protein. And I know that my beans and greens are going to be lower in protein than, like, my my fish night or my chicken night. So I paired it with a different type of pasta to still get in what I need for the full meal. Um, and that's it, right? I can just do beans and greens with chickpea pasta. And that's a full meal in one bowl. Um, and so... I don't think I'm – that doesn't use any leftovers. And then I've got my egg night, which is really like a quick and dirty – we usually use it on baseball nights during baseball season, which fall baseball starts Saturday. So I'm sure we're going to be doing, like, an egg sandwich night at least once a week. But, you know, it doesn't have to be dinner food. There's nothing wrong with having an egg sandwich, which is going to take me just a couple of minutes to make for dinner too. So we do – fried eggs with um, cheese on either whole grain toast or sometimes they like to do them in wraps. Um, and then I serve it with usually either cut up vegetables that I keep in the fridge for the week for snacks. Um, or again, I'll do like a steam in a bag 
microwave veggie. So it's not what we think of pairing necessarily with an egg sandwich, but it's going to get the job done of what we need to be having uh, at that time. So that can even be like, say I had done my roasted broccoli the other night with my salmon, like I intended, I would probably use the leftover roasted broccoli with the egg sandwiches. Um, but I didn't have as much left because I did the, the steamable veggies instead. So I'll have to cook another vegetable with the egg sandwiches. Um, so on the other nights of the week, we just have leftovers of the other meals. Like I know that the chicken, I'll have enough leftover where we can get at least another dinner out of it and some lunch. Um, and um, the veggies, um, they might cry about it, but they'll eat that leftover too. That may be a night where they end up eating a yogurt. That's my, my go-to if they don't want dinner because I don't have to make something else, right? It's not even like a cup of mac and cheese in the microwave. Like I don't have to do anything. They can get the yogurt. They can open it. Sometimes they need help opening it, but for the most part, they're self-sufficient and they can do that, which helps ease my load as well because there has to be that balance. Um, all right. So after dinner, I, after I finished planning out dinner, I we talked a little bit about what I plan for, like, lunches, right? I really over um, protein, so either fish or chicken, or I guess even the greens and beans. Um, at lunchtime. And what I'll do is I'll either make a wrap out of it with a high fiber wrap. Um, and sometimes I'll even do like leftover veggies from dinner or I'll uh, put on some just like chopped up lettuce or have a green salad on the side. Um, I'm super lazy. I don't make like a big toss salad. It's literally just lettuce in a bowl. <laughs> I can't. A part of it is I can't be bothered to chop up the vegetables, but then the other part is like I don't like the way that they get when they all sit together chopped up in the bowl, like especially tomatoes. Um, and this is where I feel like some people latch on and they're like, oh, well, it has to be a green salad. It just needs to be a vegetable. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be like one thing or another. Like you can dial into that and make sure you're getting the right types of vegetables, but you're really looking at like over the course of the week, making sure that you get in a variety of colors of vegetables is the easiest way to look at it. Um, I feel like we tend to overcomplicate food, um, but without like a really strong foundation, there's no point to dive into like super specifics. Um, if you don't have a strong foundation of getting in vegetables at all, I'm not really concerned about which ones you're getting in. If you're not getting any in, I would rather start off with, okay, what will you eat and go from there, right? Like start off simple. Don't start off at like at a crazy introducing new foods that you've never heard of before because then it gets really overwhelming. Um, anyway, that was a tangent from my wrap for lunch. So I usually either do a wrap or a bowl, basically. Either I'm going to wrap it all up in a high fiber wrap 
or I'm going to shove it all together in a bowl and eat it that way. Um, that's, so that bowl is another place where I would use, like, leftover rice. Um, and then my other option is either there isn't a leftover protein because I've eaten it, so usually, like, towards the end of the week. Um, I go with a, a turkey sandwich. Um, so high-fiber bread. So this is where, like, what you're using is what's going to kind of elevate it and make it a little bit different. I do a high-fiber bread. I do I do just deli turkey with provolone cheese and mustard and sauerkraut. Um, and it's delicious. So that's not what my kids get, though, right? Like, I'm home for lunch um, versus now that school's back in session, packing them lunch, I know that I need to plan that as well. And typically um, – Typically, one does a sun butter and jelly sandwich with some kind of fruit and some kind of veggie. And then the other one usually does either a turkey or ham sandwich with some kind of fruit, some kind of veggie, and some kind of cracker. Because he's bigger, he needs just more food. Um, uh, so that goes into my well, right? Looking at, okay, not only what does the house need and what are we doing together, what's happening at home, but what's happening for the things where we need to leave home as well, right? So be that packing for work or packing for school, things like that. And then we back it all the way up to breakfast and say, all right, what what am I looking at for breakfast? School's back in session, which means that I'm not making <coughs> breakfast. <laughs> That's not going to happen before school. Um so they'll either have, they'll either eat a yogurt or cereal usually, um, which like I get that cereal might not always be the best choice, but you can make a better choice where it's not completely loaded with added sugar. And um, I tried, well, my daughter always does it, but I try to get them to drink the milk at the end too, just to balance it out and get, um, the extra like vitamins and minerals from the milk, the extra protein from the milk. But there is, I mean, in grain products, there is protein, which I feel like we forget. Um, that it's not just straight carbohydrate. There is other stuff there. So they'll usually do yogurt or cereal or um, they requested bagels. So we do have bagels for this week. Um, and then for me, so it's actually – Dinner, we always eat the same thing together or they're eating a yogurt. It's really breakfast or lunch where we eat different stuff, like the kids and I eat differently. Because my breakfast, I will have, um, I guess it's kind of split up too. Because when I first get up in the morning, I usually am starving and eat a protein bar. But then mid-morning when I eat a meal, I usually either have, yogurt with some seeds and berries on it, or I'll do um, oatmeal with powdered peanut butter and raisins, um, or I will do scrambled eggs with leftover vegetables. But when I do the scrambled eggs, I do one full egg and two egg whites. Um, and as I'm explaining this, I'm recognizing how incredibly, like, specific I am with my own personal food intake. Um, but it's, I enjoy it that way. It, it tastes good. Yes. 
But if let me interrupt you right there, baby, so I don't lose your train of thought. But I act like sure. you was talking to me, and I don't want yogurt for breakfast. I'm gonna give you. I want you to give me three pieces again while I'm taking notes. I want you to give me breakfast on the in a hurry, lunch if it has to be fast food or not, and dinner if I can't sure. cook. Breakfast in a hurry. Yeah. Lunch if it's not fast breakfast. food or if it has to be fast food, and dinner if I can't cook. Can you do that for me, please? Yeah, absolutely. Breakfast in a hurry. I typically recommend a protein bar and a piece of fruit because you can even eat it in the car um, or while you're walking or whatever you're doing. Um, lunch out. Um, if you can stop at, like, a sandwich shop uh, that does, like, a whole wheat bread and you can get some, um, like, either turkey or ham. Both are low-fat meats. You save your fat for doing a dressing and cheese um, and throw a bunch of vegetables on it, too, would be the best option. And then, you know, if there's a choice of side, go for, uh, like, the piece of fruit as your side instead of, like, chips or something would be the ideal um, stop somewhere for lunch type thing um, where it's a grab and go easy to find you know you're not going to like a sit down lunch Um, and then dinner if you can't cook uh, your best bet is to go to or order from a diner actually because usually you can find a very similar type food as to what I was saying, like I'm going to be making at home, where it's some kind of protein. So either fish or chicken or like maybe even steak, depending on the diner, um, with they usually do either potatoes or rice with a seasonal vegetable. All right, one more, sweetie. Okay, here's my scenario. Oh, you're oh, breaking up a little bit. That, what was that? Certain things that we can't take to lunch. I remember they used to laugh at us when we brown bag it, what we call it. We bought a lunch to school with us. And you talk about, I started laughing when you said, I'm not about to try to cook breakfast in the morning <laughs> and get everybody out of the house on time. Come on, super mom. But look, one more, one more Mary, time. Mary, can you Dad. understand him? Can you understand me? Did you Country understand me? Talk. You're breaking up a little bit. Why don't you hang up and call back in and then try it again? Okay, bye. Yeah. Yeah, so there's always a way to get it done whether or not you're – you still want to follow as closely, like, the same sort of pattern of getting in a protein, vegetable, and some sort of, like, high-fiber carbohydrate, so either some fruit or, like, a whole grain. um, at your meals to round it out. And that really gives you tons of different options to kind of plug and play what what you can find and, and what you enjoy, right? Because at the end of the day, we do definitely use food for enjoyment as well. So it's important to use flavors that you enjoy. And colors. Make it pretty. And colors. Yeah. Well, you know what? Yeah. It having it look nice is always nice. It's always a, a little added bonus. <laughs> um, and that's focusing on the color of it and making sure that there's a good variety of color is 
kind of like a cheat sheet way of making sure you're getting in a variety of vitamins and minerals. Um, because the different colors tend to be associated with different, like, vitamins. Bright orange foods are going to have more uh, beta carotene and vitamin A um, versus your dark green vegetables. Um, so especially, like, dark leafy greens, they actually have, like, calcium to them, a little bit of iron. Um, so, and then just like what we think, so citrus fruits, are higher in vitamin C. Strawberries are actually very high in vitamin C, too. Um, so nice, bright colors are what we're looking for. Um, and then, you know what we didn't cover yet? Our snacks, which is everybody's favorite. Right? That plans out my breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And then snacks are essentially mini meals, right? Um rather than thinking of them as, like, chips or something that, like, doesn't serve a ton of purpose. Like, don't get me wrong. Sometimes you just need to have some chips. But, like, if you're actually hungry, going for something that is going to give you, like, some healthy fats, some fiber, um, a little bit of protein, that's going to keep you fuller and actually satisfy you so much better than what we think of as like traditional snack foods, like their cookies and things like that. So for the kids, well, I eat them sometimes too. I make these little um, peanut butter protein bites. They're not protein though. They're just peanut butter bites. Um, and it's got, like, flax seed and chia seeds in it. So it ends up being a good source of fiber. It's got a little bit of protein in it. And then you're getting fat from the, um, the peanut butter. So it's got all the things that are going to help to give them some decent energy as well as keep them full. So we, uh, we like those. We definitely like those. And the fiber, the type of fiber that's in them actually helps with constipation, too. Bev, so. I am so glad you said that. I was trying to oh. unmute and say those friends that snack a lot that don't consider the nutrition side of snacky eating, like you said, which is a miniature meal, end up constipated if they don't look and get enough fiber in those snacks that they're having. I'm glad you said that, Beth. Thank you so much so people can have everything come out okay. <laughs> yeah, it's important. It's definitely your body telling you about what's going on inside. Um, but so for snacks, sometimes it might look like a, a smaller portion of one of your meals for the day. Uh, a lot of times, and actually what I had or am going to have today is, like I was saying, that grab-and-go breakfast of just a protein bar and a piece of fruit. That's my snack today because it's easy and I have it sitting up here on my desk for as soon as we're done with this. Um, uh, my other personal snacks are typically like fruit with uh, high fat protein. So like apple with peanut butter or banana with peanut butter. Um, sometimes I'll do like the yogurt that I have for breakfast. I'll do that as a snack instead. There's nothing wrong with repeating foods. 
um, that tends to be a misconception too, that like every day has to be super different. And it really doesn't like if you have, if you have yogurt two days in a row or something like there's nothing, nothing wrong with that. Um, If you were eating, if you were eating only yogurt for like days on end, I mean, then you're risking some, some nutrient deficiencies. Um, But, but there's definitely nothing wrong with repeating. There's still a good variety everywhere. And I know that's something, that's something that can come up too with like, um, like texture issues and sensory issues is if there's less variety in the choices, right, based on preference. Do you run into that, Mary? I have. And, oh, I got some exciting news yeah. I forgot to tell you. So Ooh, retreat, we're starting school and everything else. We do once a month McDonald's. Nice. And so for usually they get the nuggets and fries and apples and all that junk. I decided to get hamburgers in addition to the nuggets. And he ate a whole hamburger without being asked. It is the first time we've eaten anything. We did. We are working on new foods. Moderation, moderation, moderation. Way to go, David. Hey, he ate meat other than chicken. (laughs) That's that's big. And he did it on his his own accord, too. Yeah. Yeah, Normally, if you you give him something. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is, normally, I always give him choices. So, like, if I make dinner... I'll make his dinner, and then I'll put what we're having a little bit of each, like a bite-sized bit, on his plate. And normally he'll just cut that plate down, take what he wants off, and get a different plate. So, so Mary, do us a favor and go back one more time, sweetie, because I asked you to, how'd you do it, Mary? How'd you trick him? How'd you trick him? And she started laughing. So, Mary, tell, tell, him, <laughs> tell him the root of the story on how David made his own decision, Mary. We always give him a choice, but we always offer him food. By that, I mean we always give him food. We don't starve him. But we always give him on his plate what we're eating, and then we'll give him what he wants to go with it, the backup plan. Yeah. And lately he's been trying little by little, like dad's on dinner duty now for him because what dad makes, he will eat. He has spaghetti with meat sauce. The other day. Ooh. Which is not normally it's chili. Right. Well, normally what happens is that I have to separate it all. So when I make spaghetti, before I put everything together, the noodles go in a a dish, the sauce goes in a dish, and the meat goes in a dish. It's all separate. So then he dips the noodles in everything. But he wanted it all together. But Mary... Do you think David eating the hamburger has anything to do with him watching his sister eat one? No, it's watching. There's this is really cute. So these YouTube videos of a brother and sister, this Sasha and something else. They're up from Russia. He is so in love with this little girl, little blonde haired little girl, that we he'll crawl up and kiss the TV and give her kisses. 
Oh, and they goodness. were doing an episode on on dinner and eating. <laughs> so I'm hoping that had something to do with it. So I'm finding different videos that he watches with this with this little girl and his little brother. Good. Hopefully she's all kinds of is, stuff. Yeah. And yeah. another so, question to and another question to you, Mary, since you're a mom, you're homeschooling, you see it from one perspective. Beth says school is starting up. She sees it from another perspective, but she's a, a mom that has a written plan, it sounds like, Beth. Beth, will you start talking about making those alternative meals out of leftovers so you don't feel like you're eating the same thing over and again? And then how to plan. I like when you said, I'm going to start from dinner and work my way back, because every time since I was a child, I read the Bible from Revelation to Genesis. So I like to know how it's going to end before I start. So, Beth, I like the way you did and walked us back from dinner to lunch to breakfast. But, Beth, what happens to those people that – do you write all this stuff down, Beth? I guess is what I'm getting to, because we said – if you do not plan, you plan to fail. And also you learn earlier that if you, a plan has to be written. That's what I was trying to get to, Beth. Do you write this stuff down, Mary? Do you write this stuff down? Do y'all plan to dinner for next Thursday? Because I know men don't. <laughs> yeah, I write it down every But with their trying so many new things, I just wing it. I you wing it? Okay, it's how about you, I got Beth? in my fridge. And... I write I mean, them yeah. down because then that's what I use to make my grocery list um, but... so that I know. So I actually, I've got a system, right? I write it down on one half of the page. The grocery list goes on the other half of the page. And then after I grocery shop, I fold the page in half, and that way I can put what our meal options are up on the fridge. Okay, that's what I was looking for. That's a good word, Beth, meal options, because last night when I cooked, for some reason when I cook yellow rice, it takes 20 to 30 minutes. Anything else I can cook in 10 to 12 on gas burners high. But something told me, go ahead and cook two bags of yellow rice, and then, Beth, you jump right in there. As soon as I was thinking it, you were saying it. I cook extra rice so I can use it for the chicken, or I could use it for the wrap, or I could cut this up into it and add a can of chicken soup. That was good. So, Mary, from your perspective, which one did you? Which one of you guys said I wing it? Was that you, Beth, or was that you, Mary? I do. Oh, that's me. I wing it. I have a she general. It, I, so I, I buy the staples, so I make sure I have pasta in the house. I make sure I have different meats in the house. I make sure I have you know, different sauces and things like that. But from day to day, like David eats his staples of like chicken nuggets, waffles, pizza. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and so with the weather the way it is stuff. lately, yeah, we always emergency run. You know, and the other thing is, is too, like with our weather being so hot lately, like nobody's really eating. And, and and so, Beth, yeah, you said Friday, you're cooking X amount of days a week, and Beth goes, okay, Friday, I know I am not cooking dinner on Friday. So, Beth, when you say I'm not cooking on Friday, do you know what you're already going to have Friday, even though Friday's not here yet? 
Don't say yeah, it. It's not someone to say you're no fun. <laughs> I know it's going to be leftovers. And sometimes, not recently, we haven't really been eating out very much, but um, I'll definitely plan, like, okay, this week we're going to be going out to eat. And I guess we do it more, like, when the activities pick up. Um, like, okay, I know that we're whatever. We're going to Chipotle this night or whatever it might be. Like, um, and essentially plan for that, too, and know that I don't have to plan as many meals to cook because I know um, I know which nights we're going to be out to eat and that I don't need to necessarily buy as much food at the store because we'll be buying it at a restaurant. Okay, so Beth, again, I like this because, again, I'm hearing planet, planet, planet. We're going to eat out Friday. We'll decide come Thursday where we're going to eat out at. Mary says, okay, we got roast leftover chicken, zoop, zoop, zoop. I'll make up something new that they haven't had. Mary, can you freak your family out and serve them a dinner that they've never had, Mary, in your spontaneous movement? I freak them out. Oh, yeah. Like the other day I made um, – Like, Mom, what is this? And <laughs> they do that a lot because Mom likes to experiment with food. So, Beth, if you serve me up oatmeal – as one of those surprise dinners, since you're a planner, I look at you like, Mom, I'm not eating that. It looks like, yeah, that. <laughs> oh, so will they eat it, Mary? No. Your surprise dinner? Your surprise dinner, Mary? Oh, yeah. No. They so will, your husband likes it. Ariana will try it, and, and she will take a little fake bite of it. But uh-huh. David will look at it and go, "You gross, no." <laughs> Is your husband kind of bowing out on this conversation? Is he looking at you cross-eyed? <laughs> I'm not trying to start no family feud or nothing, but I just want to know. <laughs> he wow. he learned to just try it, unless it's something he knows he will not eat. And, oh, and that's where you said too, we're Mary, that you offer everything. Say it again, Bear. I was saying Mary said that even when, right, she's making something new, that she offers it alongside of her son's staple foods that he will eat. So there's that exposure, oh. right, but they're still intake. So she has a plan B. Yep. Always plan B. I always. You know, that's, like, the biggest misconception when it comes to, like, kids is that, you know, they really won't eat what is unfamiliar. So to make it familiar to them, you just keep putting it on their plate on a regular basis. Yeah. Yeah, it's that exposure. Yeah. Okay, Beth. Throw something there and expect them to eat it. can, Can I switch brains on you guys now? Let, let's let's go back to the grocery store. Take, Beth, take me back to the grocery store because I'm again. I'm one of those men. I love to read. I kind of speed read, but even as a child, I still have the phobia of reading words that I can't pronounce. 
And after I try to figure out how to say it, I still don't know what it is. So, Mary, you and I was talking briefly earlier about reading labels best. If you're not a professional label reader and you can read the small type that says four contains four servings and you ate the whole bag thinking it was one serving, can you give us some cliff notes on things to look for and things not to pay no attention to or things to pay more attention to when we're reading these labels before we take the food home? Um, the biggest thing would be the serving size, right, of knowing, like, okay, is this um, is this going to be, like, how much do I plan on eating, right? Like you were saying, like, are you eating the whole bag versus they're considering a serving um, to be maybe half the bag or a quarter of the bag, um, which, again, is something that the manufacturer gets to play around with of what they consider a serving size. It's not standardized. Um so for the longest time, ice cream is actually a, 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 Go ahead. I was hoping you were going to say that. The serving size. Who yeah. made that up? Go ahead, Bill. <laughs> yeah, so it's another thing that can be manipulated to make the product look better. Um, for the longest time, the serving size of ice cream was like, I don't know, ice cream and cereal, they've both done this, where the serving size used to be really small, like a half cup or something, where anybody eating it is going to eat more than that. Um, especially with cereal. So it was changed to a cup, uh, usually a cup, I guess, still depending on the brand, a cup of cereal as a serving size so that the label, the nutrition facts label, more closely resembles what's actually being consumed. Um, So that's always, always the first thing to look for. Okay, what's considered a serving size? Um, And then from there, it, it absolutely depends why you're picking up the product. Are you picking it up as a side dish? Are you picking it up to be an entire meal? Um, are you, is it like what, what purpose is it serving, right? So that needs to be the secondary question after you figure out what a serving is. You have to figure out why you're going to be eating it. So from a man's perspective, that's how I shop. See, I'm not a vegetarian. I don't do very much pork, but I don't tell nobody, no, I don't eat bacon. But when I go shopping, the first area I go to is I go to the seafood section because there's not too much stuff in the seafood section that I can't have, the shellfish and the whole nine. So I try to buy enough meat for the week and then decide I got six to ten alternative sides. So, Beth, when you go shopping for the family, do you buy like a gallon or half a gallon of uh, 2% milk and one dozen eggs or two dozen eggs? When I say moderation, we come out with a flat of eggs. <laughs> you know, I don't have two eggs for breakfast. If I have breakfast, I have three. But how, how, how does one stay within a budget, shop for moderation, and eat those foods that's not filled with all of those additives that we talk about because we talked about eating organic foods and we just see the difference between the price of the tomato or the regular tomato is this price and the organic so instinctively budget wise i would go to for the cheap ones i hate to use that word i hate that word or the organic versus the cheap you know how do you shop beth yeah so standard vegetables and things are fine like we talked about last time with 
you know, organic, not necessarily better, and having some fruits and vegetables better than going for none, right, and thinking that the ones that aren't organic are bad somehow. Um, so uh, some of it comes down to the more expensive things, going for what's on sale. So, like, produce and meat choices can certainly be driven by what's on sale. And interestingly with produce, whatever's on sale typically also is what's in season. Um, so it helps to add some more seasonal variety to your food intake if you're going by what types of things are on sale for, for your fruits and veggies. And then um, looking at the cost per serving um, or like the unit price on food makes a difference. So like I bought, I bought quinoa over the weekend and um, actually I ended up buying an organic one because it was cheaper per whatever the unit was than the regular one because it was on sale. Um, but it, um, but knowing that like either cost per serving or unit price, which is listed on the like price thing, the price tag, not on the product, but on the shelf, um, and comparing that, well, you might end up spending like, I don't know, say you're spending like $6 instead of $4, you're spending less per serving. So like you're going to get more servings out of the $6 than you do out of the $4. I feel like I can explain that a lot better. But like, um, I'm trying to think. So, like, say, say, say the four dollar bag of whatever gives you four servings. That's that's a dollar a serving. But say the six dollar bag gives you twelve servings. Right? Then it's only fifty cents per serving. So is, you've got is this a more than is better? Is this a bigger is better or bigger is not always better, Beth? You're, 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 doing, com, you're doing comparison servings in the head. Now, how many women shop that way? How many men shop that way? I mean, I don't necessarily think it's gender-based. I think it's just... For real? <laughs> For real? <laughs> Moms are always spiritually inclined to say, I got five miles to feed. This is how much quinoa I need. I need one bag of broccoli and I need two squash. Men don't do that, sweetie. I'm sorry. <laughs> Well, that comes down to a style issue that we can address. Well, see your husband shopping. You give him the list. He goes to buy what you say is on the list. But when it comes down to staying budget, staying, okay, I can cook extra rice and have it with the dinner on Thursday, well, there's got to be some type of moderation, some type of plan. You've given us a lot of cliff notes. And, again, just by looking at the meals from – a different perspective, Beth, is a good way to say it. Look at the dinner. If that's the most important meal for you, look at dinner first. When they say breakfast is the first and most important meal of the day, it might be I to somebody. Dinner is the most important. It might not be to um, somebody else. Yeah, it's just when I typically do actual cooking, 
So that's when I know I'm going to be making extra food to plan into the other meal, right? So if somebody's doing most of their cooking at lunch, it would be very different. Or if somebody preps their food ahead of time and is doing most of their cooking on the weekend, it, it, um, then their meal plan would look different too. And it would look more of like, okay, um, uh, planning out like I need to cook X number of pounds of chicken because it needs to cover this many meals. So there's a lot of different ways to go about it. Um, right. This is just one of them, but having something that, you know, fits your lifestyle of when you're going to be cooking, um, or preparing food or getting food, however you do, but no, having a plan of how it's going to happen and what it's going to look like is what helps people to stay on track. Um, right. So this is also very different because I work from home so I can make myself lunch versus if I was still going to an office, there's a chance that I would be going to like a cafeteria or out to eat much more often. And so I wouldn't need to make as many leftovers at dinner time. So I would probably be either making smaller meals at dinner time so there weren't leftovers or we would be eating more leftovers for dinner. Um, so it does change um, based on lifestyle, essentially. That's, that's good, Beth, because just as you gave that example just now, I noticed you said, yes, I work from home, so you can have yogurt in the morning at home. Some, some other person might say, my first stop is at McDonald's. Not beating McDonald's down, but they might have coffee and donut on the run. At the same time, Mary says, I'll have a wrap. You know what I'm saying? So there's a lot. And then Mary said just a few minutes ago, just as a reward, we go to McDonald's once a month where some people go every day. And that's why I'm glad we're talking about moderation and figuring out not just what works for you, but also what works for your family, especially if you're the food provider, whether it's the male or the female, the mom or the dad cooking up the meals and the dad does breakfast and the mama does this. Just make it work. Just make it work and be more conscious of it because I'm just tired of everybody saying your first health is your first wealth when it seems like we put it at the bottom at the bottom of the list on what we pay priorities to. So thank you again, Beth, for just coming and sharing and open up the mindset of if it's not working, change it or adjust it or adapt it to something else. But moderation, 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 and be good to your body so your body can be good to you. Thank you, Beth. Yeah, so... This is one, like I said, one option of what meal planning looks like. Um, and that's where, like, if it's something that listeners are looking to start doing and aren't sure where to start, like, there's, there's different planners that you can look at getting um, or meet with a dietitian who can help you build this to fit the lifestyle, right? That's what we're here for, Um it's not just medical nutrition therapy where you're dealing with a certain disease state. It can also be general health where you're looking at how to make it work with your lifestyle um, to get the most out of 
out of life and feel your best. Well, I have a I have a question about uh, fruits and vegetables. Um, is it better to is it better to uh, have a uh, slightly cooked fruits and vegetables versus uh, fresh vegetables cut up and uh, eat, eat them fresh? It the, it depends. So, um, I mean, first and foremost is is just what's going to get you to actually consume them, right? If you prefer cooked vegetables over raw, then Sure, cooked vegetables are going to be best for you. Um, it's what's going to get them into you. The, um, there are some people that have, like, certain issues with their digestive tract where they have to have cooked fruits and vegetables. They can't have them raw. Um, so for them, cooked would be best. Um, you do get a little bit of, well, you get fiber breakdown the more that you cook the fruit or vegetable. So for somebody who's looking for more of the what's called insoluble fiber, they would want to have raw fruits and vegetables. So there's no blanket one is better than the other for everyone. It, it genuinely depends on each individual's health considerations. Thank you. That was a yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's almost never like a a general blanket answer to anything. I feel like it always depends on everything else that's going on, right? Like I worked in a nursing home for a little bit, and even with um, even with people that may not have anything wrong with their digestive system, if they've got a full set of dentures uh, that just aren't as great at chewing up raw vegetables, they may we may always serve them cooked just because that way they're going to actually get in those fruits and vegetables or canned, which is technically kind of cooked, but canned fruits and vegetables, you can certainly choose healthier versions of those ones, veggies that are either no, actually now it's a lot easier to find like no salt added canned vegetables. Um, Same thing with beans. Or if you, for whatever reason, can't find ones that are no salt or low salt, um, just rinse them. You lower the sodium by about a third by just rinsing the um, the canned uh, vegetables or beans. And canned fruit and juice is a great choice. And it's nice and shelf-stable, so you don't have to worry about, like, food waste like you do with fresh. Um, so there's definitely benefits. To, to choosing those as well, right, if you're worried about uh, texture. Mm. But, yeah, good question. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for great answers. Yeah, absolutely. I love questions. I know that there's been a lot of misconception, a lot of bad info out there about, you know, the closest to raw fruit vegetables you eat, the better, the more you cook them, they lose nutrients. Uh, They're not as healthy for you. 
if you boil your vegetables, like full pan of water, put the vegetables in it, and just boil the hell out of them, like just boil them until they're mush, you will lose nutrient content, and you'll actually see it because the water will change color. So, like, if you overboil broccoli, you're going to see that the water starts to turn green, that kind of thing. So, like, if you try hard enough, you, you can get there, um, but then you also probably aren't going to want to eat the broccoli. Like, there's, there's other factors that are probably going to stop you from eating it because it's just not going to taste good anymore. <laughs> right, it's like eating goo. But Yeah, but again, like, if for some reason that's the texture you need, it's still better than none. Right, like if your choice is super mushy broccoli or none, or no vegetable at all, like, go for it. Well, my wife or I guess, generally, or I guess, make a soup out of it. My wife. The reason mm-hmm. I asked that question because my wife generally uh, um, has in the morning. First thing in the morning, she she prepares a. Uh, a, a, a bowl of, of at least five or six uh, uh, fruits, but they're all cut up and fresh uh, fruits. And um, I was just wondering if it was better to cook them or just to. And I and I understand that the uh, slight cooking of of things um, does help to bring out the, the nutritional value of them better than uh, than eating them uh, fresh. Um, but I. So that's why I asked the question. And most of the time, her vegetables are cooked because she she cooks them in, in water or oil um, or vinegar sometimes. Um, but uh, it's um, generally um, it, it's um, mostly the fruit that I was concerned about. It's always fresh. Well, Oakman, right yeah. there too. I have a friend of mine that's from Jamaica. She's from the islands, mine. And she has accessibility to just about 30 different types of fruits all the time. But she told me that she had a whole long series in her family of something called diabetes. So when we start looking at her diet, again, we're talking about moderation, and we're talking about what works for you and your wife may not work for me and mine. When you start looking at those fruits that she was eating, pineapple, strawberries, grapes. She was ODing herself at breakfast every day with sugar just by having a bowl of fruit. But the good thing about it is it's natural sugar. So the body will do what it needs to do with that natural sugar and not cosmetically made sugar. Again, the moderation, the raw, whether it's cooked, overcooked, mushy, because a lot of the veggies I said I didn't like when I was a child, I found out I didn't like them because they overcooked them. Everything that we eat yeah. had been sizzling on the wood stove for two, three hours. I'm going, I don't like that. It's musty. <laughs> carrots, I hate yeah. carrots. I hate every carrot I ever but, but now I put carrots. I put twice as many carrots no, in my smoothie every day. I love them. Would be, um, and we will certainly touch on all of these next time, is that uh, when it comes to something like diabetes, it, it does matter how much you're having. 
but just because it's fruit, right, it's still going to affect your blood sugar, just like an artificial, or not artificial, but like a, um, like a refined sugar, right? It's, it, this is where like fruit juice comes in. And this is something we can certainly dive into carbohydrates. I think, again, I think we've done it already uh, next time. Um, but then the other misconception, um, your cut up fruit is just fine. Um, it is nutritionally the same as a full fruit. Um, it's no different. Uh, if you were to boil it uh, for a long period of time, that is the only time you're going to see a change in the nutrition content. And I think that we need to make sure that we're, giving out very correct nutrition information on here and not perpetuating myths. So with that, we are at our time. Uh, join us next week as we dive into some more uh, carbohydrate and sugar type myths and how they affect blood sugar. Great. Thank you so much, Beth, and and, um, and thank you so much, uh, Mary and, Give me and uh, country country boy, and, and it's been a it's been a good show, great show. Thank you, guys. Yep, thank you. Thank you, Sorry. Beth. So, thanks, Beth. And next week, join us, and we break down the myth of sugars and carbohydrates. Wait, 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 Mary. To- wait, Mary. Wait, Mary. Wait, Mary. We forgot people out there. We people that come on the show every day, always listening in and want to ask Beth questions off the air. Beth, we can't let you go unless you give them that information again, Beth, on how they can get in contact with you. Feel me, sweet. Yeah. So uh, best ways to get in contact with me, uh, you can visit my website. It's my last name, Wyman Nutrition, W-Y-M-A-N Nutrition dot com. There's actually a page right on there where you can uh, fill out the form, and it shoots it over just like an email to me. Thank you. And follow her on social media. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Instagram is at Beth Wyman underscore RD, as in registered dietitian, is the best place to follow me. So join us tomorrow, or tomorrow as we have family time with Bob and join us next week when we break down the myths and the urban legends when it comes to carbohydrates and sugar. Have a good day. Have a good night. And we'll see you back Mary, here Mary, tomorrow. Mary, Mary, before yes, sir. I drop off. Right. Thanks, I'm, Mary. I'm going, I'm going to, uh, tomorrow on the show, I'm going to talk about the new currency that our government is forcing us on upon us, uh, digital currency and and um, uh, the impacts of that that it's going to have on people. I'm going to do that for at least the next, next two weeks on Thursday. I'm going to be talking about some of that, um, trying to educate people on on what the uh, what the impacts can be on an individual and on a on a business and so forth, uh, because there are going to be some significant okay. impacts. It's not just like Correct. Um, today you have currency, tomorrow you have digital. Uh, there's a lot more to Correct. it, and uh, I want to make sure that people understand that. And that impacts the families. Every family is going to be impacted, and that's why um, I, um, I'm going to talk about that on, on tomorrow's show and on the next week also. Um, okay, the but the following week is our 9-11 week. Okay. We do well, our... We 
our yearly tribute to 9-11. And I just wanted to cover maybe, I thought yeah, maybe well, two shows I could cover most of it. Yeah. Yeah, we can do it. It'll probably take about three or four shows, honestly. All right. Yeah, yeah. So we'll start next week. Okay. All right. Sounds good.